Welcome to the Define You Radio Podcast, where class is always in session. Get ready for the life lessons, tips, and stories to help you define your life. And now your host, the drill sergeant with love, Valencia Griffin Wallace. Thank you so much for tuning in to another session of Define You Radio. I'm your host, Valencia Griffin-Wallace. Class is in session today with our guest, Miss Shanna DeWitt of ShannaDeWitt.com. That's where you can find her. She is a business strategist and coach that helps entrepreneurs. And y'all know I have a hard time with that word. Y'all know. Um, she helps business owners. How about that one? Align who they are with what they do as they go through transitions in their business. And you guys, we always go through transitions from startup to middle to ending. Shanna is the host of the Be Heard podcast and the creator of the Up Level Your Design Business course. When she's not working, you can find her planning her next adventure with her family. Y'all know that's like hashtag goals for me, okay? Goals. With that being said, let's go ahead and welcome Miss Shanna to the show. How are you doing today, Miss Shanna? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm ex- really excited to have you on. Number one, you know, I'm all of, about family adventure, okay? But the fact that you are a business strategist. Now, what exactly is that? So a strategy in its simplest form is really just a plan. So I think that word can sound, you know, kind of big and hefty, but really when you work with a strategist, they help you create a plan that has steps and small pieces so that you can actually reach your goals. So it's part goal setting and part developing the plan to reach those goals. Awesome. And we're definitely going to go back and touch on that. But first I want to, kind of jump off and talk about obstacles in the pre-show interview so to speak you mentioned that your biggest obstacle was your mindset is that a now thing or a past thing well I call it mindset work because it really is I think that mindset is something that we have to work on every single day even people that you think well they must just be floating on a cloud probably have done a lot of work to get there and continue to do, to do that work. And I find that that is something that is really common in all entrepreneurs because you have to get so vulnerable. I feel like if you want to do some work on yourself, just start your own business. And that was the one thing that I didn't expect. You know, I was thinking about things like, can I get clients and how I would take the systems that I had used in my job as an art director and transform this to working with one-on-one. It did not occur to me that, I would have to do all this mindset stuff and specifically the problems for me were showing up because I'm great in a crowd in a boardroom, like no problem, but getting online and being visible like on the internet was so intimidating and so hard. And all these fears started creeping in. Like people won't like me. They're going to hate my Southern accent. They're, you know, they're this and they're that. I mean, those are real things that I've really thought about. Um, my voice is too nasal. My mom said something to me about that when I was a kid and I've just never forgotten it. Um, so all these kind of things, right? Uh, other things would be everything's great when the money's flowing and the clients are there, but what happens when they're not? 
Like, how do you not take that personally? How do you not feel like a failure? And how do you pick yourself back up again and find some kind of separation between the two and really be able to define success and, and just like get up and put your big girl pants on. Those are all mindset issues that I don't think that people talk about enough because I was completely unprepared for that. And that's why I say it was the biggest obstacle because it, I feel like I, if I had been able to work through those sooner then my business would have grown faster. Wow. Thank you for your transparency, number one, because a lot of times people that's in this quote unquote space are all, yes, everything's great. And you follow these steps and everything, you know, you're confident and, and all of that. But one of the things that you said was about your accent. And what's funny is my accent, because my audience knows I'm very Southern And my accent kept me from speaking a long time. And somebody even said, you know, Valencia, you know, your your voice is really heavy and it's really this. And it's all of those things that I never thought about before with, I mean, I know I have a gumbo of accents from my, you know, travels and stuff when I was younger, but I never had an issue with my voice until it was time to like, okay, in front of people, are they going to understand what I'm saying? Like, should I try to lighten my voice and talk softer, you know, or whatever. So, and you're the only other person I've heard say that. And I I don't know if it's a Southern thing because, you know, we do talk different. We're not California light. <laughs> I mean, we have an accent, but every person does. And I have to say, I won't, I won't call any names, but I would say that out of all the accents, I don't think the Southern one is the hardest to listen to. I think there are other ones that are worse. I, I agree 100% and we won't call anybody out, but a, a few places, you know, come to mind. I'm sure my audience are going through the you know, going through some of the guests that we've had. And yeah, so I understand that 100%. And I think that a lot of times as we get in business, you know, fears or things like that surface that we didn't know was there. To me, you're more conscious of what you do, especially on social media, because there's a lot of you know, keyboard gangsters, as I like to call them, you know, every, everybody has an opinion on what you say, what you're trying to do, um, different things like that. And you kind of have to constantly put on a, a thicker skin to remind you that like, this is really kind of voluntary, you know? Well, Okay. So the accent thing, it's still, it's, it still kind of bothers me sometimes or, well, that maybe that's not the best way to put it. So I still sometimes worry about what other people think of my accent. Um, because you've probably experienced this at some point or another, but people can be very condescending 
yeah. Once they hear the Southern accent, like you're stupid or you don't wear shoes or I'm not really sure what they think, <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> I went to a conference once and I wore a t-shirt that I made myself and it's <laughs> with one of my friends and it said, yes, I'm from Mississippi and yes, I wear shoes <laughs> because I thought like, I'll just put it out there and it was fine. It was a really, I wore it to a, a, a little mixer, you know, so it was a good conversation starter, but, um, so even though I feel like that sometimes, and I kind of worry about it, the other part of me knows that if you're not really being yourself, whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like, you're never going to be comfortable. And if you're not comfortable, then you're not able to talk about your passion and your mission like you really want to. So basically, even though it bother, even though I worry about it sometimes, like sometimes that fear creeps back in, the overall thing is like, I don't have time to be somebody else. I don't. And so I'm just going to be myself. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, that's, that's okay too. Cause I actually, I'm actually fine with that. I realize I'm not everybody's cup of tea and I'm totally fine with that. But what I don't like is the uncomfortable feeling of trying to be somebody that I'm not. I love that. You, I, I love it. And who knew two Southern women would be able to have this conversation. But what's funny to me, you don't have, um, an accent but you know what I hear all the time being from Louisiana people expect the accent they hear on TV and so they know I'm southern but they can't pinpoint what part of the south and then when I when I say well I'm from Louisiana oh well you don't sound like somebody from Louisiana well what exactly do we sound like or a question I used to get all the time like is it true y'all still have plantations there like <laughs> which <laughs> I'm like uh yeah but um yeah we don't have slavery though I mean like what are you asking me <laughs> so um it is and I do understand like people assume you know when you're from the south certain certain things about you like oh so do you have any uh and you didn't bring any boudin like do you think that's all we eat do you think I carry it in my purse I don't even eat hot sauce (laughs) like all those things are going through my mind but um and recently when I was in Atlanta somebody actually said that like you don't have and you didn't bring any boudin like am I traveling randomly with like I don't even eat boudin so you know I love gumbo and you know definitely my southern seasonings but I'm not traveling with boudin okay I just thought I'd throw it out there that was that was quite interesting yeah for anybody that wants to know you don't have it I I look (laughs) I'm gonna get a shirt that says that (laughs) I had um I made a new friend and she was from Colorado and she told her mom, like, I met this girl and she's from the South and I should never met a Southern person before. And her mom said, Oh, I bet she likes collard greens. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. Oh my gosh. It was, I blame the media. I blame <laughs> the media that you know, I do believe like the media's portrayal of Southern people uh, definitely doesn't do us any justice. Um, 
you know, we're not all like, we don't all have gardens and, you know, have hens that where we're growing our own eggs or not growing our own eggs, but it's, it's very interesting. Um, we like, you know, I actually live in a subdivision. Mind you, it's across the street from a sugar cane field, but, you know, so that's, boy, I'll tell you, that is a shirt I'm going to get made, and I'm going to post that shirt on uh, <laughs> social media. So back to the business strategist, who do you think needs one? Like, who needs a business strategist? Is that something everybody needs or what what would you say like who specifically needs a business strategist well i think that everyone can use a business strategist but there are definitely certain times in your business where you need one more than than other times and with my strategy and mix it with coaching so that you have someone who's supporting you the entire time so you have someone to call when some of that mindset stuff comes up and you are feeling hesitant about making a sale or um, posting something on Instagram or whatever that might be. And you also have someone to kind of push you when you need to be pushed because mm. we don't wake up and say, I want to be uncomfortable, but you know that you have to get, you have to go get uncomfortable sometimes because that's usually the place where you have the most opportunity for growth. Um, but I'll give you an example of some of the things that someone might come to me for. Um, if you really want to, let's say, launch some passive income, and so you are really wanting to create a course and launch that, there is at least a six-month period of things that you have to do before you ever even launch the course. And so when you work with a strategist, they can break all of that down for you so that you know exactly what you have to do every month, every quarter. You have monthly goals, quarterly goals, so that you're actually going to meet that and, and make it happen because a whole lot of work goes into launches. Um, so not even just creating the content, but creating the launch. You also have to build up your email list. And there's so many different things. And so a strategist, a business strategist will create that plan for you. Um, another way that I work with people that really helps is if they are wanting to, like you said in the intro, they're wanting to transition their business. So maybe you are a graphic designer, but you want to do something totally different and be a healer. Or maybe you just want to serve a totally different group of people or serve them in a different way, then you also don't want to lose all of the momentum that you've got. You don't want to lose all of the um, clients and followers that you already have. And so a strategist will help you reposition your content and your message and shift your business. So if you want to think about it like a ball of clay and we're going to mold it into something else, we're not going to throw the clay out. And I just break that down into steps. So Basically, I make things easy for you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to read a thousand um, blog posts or just worry or spend months writing copy on your website to turn around and do it again. So I help people establish a really good foundation and then a strategy that matches it. I'm so glad you touched on that as far as transitioning in, in business, because I think a lot of times, and I know me personally, um, you know, I, I currently serve women and that has changed as far as like, um, my message to them, but I'm also a child advocate. Um, and that's, you know, like that is my, my passion. So in the process of looking for more ways to serve children, um, 
you know, children that's in the system and, and things like that, it's like, do I need to start a whole other brand? Like how, you know, so that's something like I'm currently uh, in my mind because I've built, you know, my brand this way, serving this audience in this way. But, you know, my, my heart is definitely always have been for serving children. So would that be um, a transition? Would it be like nobody wants to create two separate brands? Like that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, sometimes sometimes a sister brand is necessary, but mm. most of the time it's not. Um, and what you're talking about is super, super common because we're creatives, we're multi-passionate. Right. And this these particular questions don't, exactly apply to you but usually I ask people a series of questions like if they come to me and they say um I'm a photographer but I also have gotten training to be a life coach and then I also like to do these digital products or that's something different um I ask them what is the thing that you want to be known for Mm. because that can really help you change around your thinking so that you're really focused on the way that you really want to show up and serve. Because sometimes the other things that you're passionate about are part of your tools. They are part of your brand story that really separates you from other people because it shows how you do things differently. It's not always the thing that you outright make your money on. Um, so like in that example with the photographer, a life coach kind of thing, she could be a life coach specifically for photographers. And then that would make sense in her business building projects and things like that, that she has. Um, but for you, yours would be a little bit different where I would say, if you think about what you really want to do and how you really want to serve, you'll see that the, speaking that you do, the books that you're writing, and this passion to find new ways to be able to help children is really all the same thing. Mm. Because the root of it is the same. It comes from the same value. It comes from the same mission. It's just that you're executing it in these different ways, but the root is the same. Love that. Um, So this is why I call the show Classes in Session. Because I'm constantly learning and and taking notes. And I know one of the things I see a lot, and then, you know, I definitely want to touch on brand messaging. But one of the things I see a lot with women, they, you know, want to jump head first. And I say women because that's primarily who I deal with. They want to jump head first into, this is my horror story of life and I want to help women um but i'm like you know if you want to help women how did you get over the horror story versus focusing on the horror story you know what i'm saying because i see that a lot i see that a lot it's all it so i guess that kind of goes into talking about brand messaging well i'll touch on a little bit of what you just said okay. i think that it's really important for us to tell our stories yeah. But there's a timing to it because you can't inspire people. You can't teach people. You can't encourage people until you've gone through it. When you're in it, it's not the time to tell your story. It's the time to look for help and support. 
but it's not the time to share in a way that you're trying to inspire and help other people. So that's a little, that's a little piece of it. Um, it's just waiting until you have the right time. And then the other thing that's really content specific about stories mm-hmm. is that your about page, your, your brand story, that needs to be relevant to the people. So you may think, wait a second, Shanna, that's supposed to be about me. It is about <laughs> you, but it's about you as it relates to your customer because they want to, they're thinking about themselves. Like, I mean, they're coming to you for something, right? I mean, that's obvious. So they want to see themselves within your story. They want to be inspired by your story as it relates to the problems that they're having themselves. So while it's great, and I'm not saying don't share things that are personal about your personality, like things that you like or that kind of thing. I'm saying that in the bigger scope of things, people don't really care about that. Mm. You know, they do. Not like, not like they don't want to do anything no, about no, you. No, you, <laughs> you, you hit the nail on the head because even when I hear um you know because I I'm a writer I said by nature that's my thing since I was eight years old and so now I get people that come to me wanting advice or help writing publishing whatever and one of the things that I find is that how did you get past whatever like you see people put a lot um I don't look like what I've been through and that other side of me that that southern part of me that's like I say we have a we're born nice nasty kind of like dear heart or something like that (laughs) so um like okay so we know what you went through but how did you get out like what's the the hero part of the story or is it still the victim part because if it's the victim part, it's, you know, it's going to limit you in what you, what you do. If you understand what I'm saying with that? Yeah. I mean, people can get behind, get invested in, get inspired by transformation, whether it's a sales page yes. or your, or, or your brand story or about page, that's what people love is that transformation. Um, and so just to kind of expand on that within your content, the, the importance of having your brand story is because you're going to use that to position yourself as an expert mm. and, and, and as a person that relates. So I say that you want to find the common thread between who you are and what you do, because that's the way that you mix personal with business, show your personality, show your unique voice, but it's how you're going to position yourself as this expert. And so you really want to think about that in every post that you make and the services that you provide, and the way that you talk about your business, it should all be very consistent. Um, Not that you're having to like constantly tell your story, especially if it's kind of like a, you know, longer and more personal thing. But, but what, what, what is your point of view? Like, what is your stance? What is your overall lesson that you learned from all of this, that you are infiltrating into all the ways that you communicate with other people, excuse me, as far as your business goes? Mm like what's the point yes she just Shanna just said it nice (laughs) but y'all know I just say it like what's what's the point lady get to the point dude you know (laughs) excuse me um what is the difference between brand story because you said that a few times and brand messaging 
so a brand story is your foundational story. It's kind of like you said that, like the hero's journey, right? So in your brand story, you're telling, you're telling your why. It's basically the story of your why. So it's what got you into what you're doing right now. And then where, where have you gone from here? So this is why I do what I do. And now that I've learned all of these things, this is how I serve people. And that's really your brand story. Um, and your brand message is a smaller piece of that. So it's a more concentrated version of that. So it's going to be your mission. It's, but it's that mission, like I was just talking about that you want to put into everything that you do. Like, um, for example, my work is very much about connecting with your values and blending who you are and what you do instead of trying to like separate those things out. And uh, a lot of the work that I do is it will, all of it really is focusing on those values first. So those brand foundations and building from there, like using that as a map to grow your business and keep yourself really focused in on who you are and your brand message. Because uh, when you are very clear on that, then other people are too. Love that. Love that. Do you see a lot of people doing it wrong as far as telling their, you know, their brand story, the messages they're putting out there? Do you, as, cause I'm sure being a business strategist and dealing with that whole thing, you have a different eye. So do you see somebody's stuff and like, okay, what? <laughs> do you ever do that? I don't want to say that somebody is doing it wrong, right. but cause I'm nice. I'm going to say no. I mean, um, I wouldn't say that people are doing it wrong, but I would say that you'll know if you are, because it doesn't feel right. Mm. Because when you are so super solid in who you are and what your message is, you know what to offer. You know how to talk about your business. There's never that point where you're not sure, like, you know what to post on social media because you have such a clear message. You're saying the same thing over and over again. Um, when someone asks you what you do, you immediately tell them there's no like awkward pause where you're not totally sure. And, um, you know, a lot of people have a brand message that we may not like, and that's kind of an, another thing to notice when you are, well, I'll just say for me, I'm not, um, I'm not really into this into people that really promote themselves as being like luxury or glamorous. Yeah. Because, like I don't really identify with that. I identify with people that are more in line with the things that I value. And so not that there's anything wrong with being glamorous and luxurious because there's lots of people that seek that out. But I'm just saying like you, you see that, you see that in the visual representation of their brand. You see that in the words that they use within their content. You see that within the services that they offer of, of whatever that is, whether it's something that's very like warm and fuzzy and nurturing or whether it's something that's like, you know, focusing on glamour and luxury and, and very high end or whatever. So there's not a wrong or right, but being really specific is going to attract the kind of customers that you want. So you don't want to attract people that are not your ideal where you're trying to change yourself to serve them. So if you have people that are calling you or contacting you in some way, and you know that they're not the right kind of clients, that's a for sure sign that your brand messaging is off. Mm. I love everything about what you just said. 
I love everything about what you, you just said, because like I look at, you know, the adventures and I love that you included that with your family. And I, like I said, I'll go back and say this. I don't know if it's a Southern thing. Okay. My New York family and friends and, you know, don't email me or anything of that, but people that know me and people that pay attention to, um, who Valencia is as a person knows I'm all about my family. That includes my little psycho dogs. And cause this is my, my happy place. This is who Valencia is and what she values is having is I value my family and that quality time with them and um, in a very simple life with them, like, you know, staying at home and, those things, you know, or playing games or something like that, like not us taking luxury trips wherever, because I'm like, I don't have time to wear heels all that time. Like, I'm not built for that, you know, so, you know, so I, I love that you you said that. And now it makes sense why some some brands that other people like, oh, my gosh, this, you know, other people find really fabulous and everything else. I look at it like. I don't know. That's like not not me, you know, not what I value. So as we're talking about values, and I want to know how did growing your business around your values, how did it change you, change your business? Um, because values are important, especially in, in business growth. So let's talk a little bit about that. So like a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, I started off doing something different. So I did branding and web design and I tried a lot of different things. So the first thing that I did was transfer what I already knew when I knew that I was good at. So I did branding and web design and then I did that for a little while and I got a little bit more specific about what that was going to look like. And then I got more specific about who that customer was going to be. And then I kind of came to a holding part where I had to make some different decisions. And that's when it kind of clicked in with me about the values. So I was using that to help my clients do their branding. Like that's part of our whole brand foundations, really getting to know you to create a brand that, you know, that mirrors that. And then I, it got, it's kind of like all clicked in that the same thing applies to everything else, right? So at the time I had a, a brand new baby. And so that was really important. I mean, the whole reason why I started my business was to spend time with my family. And that had really changed with the new baby in the house as far as like how much time I had to spend doing projects and things like that. And so I shifted my business model to offer different services that would reflect the new time constraints so that I could work and still have time with my family. And then I used the same model, the same values with the wording to then take that farther and make sure that all of my content was reflected of that. And it became this whole blueprint for being able to grow my business. And it reminds me of when you take little kids bowling and they put up the bumper so that they don't yeah. throw the ball in somebody else's lane. <laughs> Essentially, you're creating bumpers for your business so that you can also have the freedom to throw out ideas because we're creative, right? Like we want right. to try new things and, and still be able to find a bumper so that you're not just like throwing your stuff in somebody else's lane. So you're in your own lane, but you still have some freedom and flexibility at the same time. 
um, one of my values is adventure. And the way that that plays out in life is lots of different things. We, we have real adventures and we like to be outside and go do things on the weekends. And we're much more about uh, having experiences rather than like buying gifts. We usually would just go do something instead. And in my business, I like to be able to experiment and try new things. And also every time I have a new client and we get on that first call, like I'm so excited and it gives me a little high the rest of the day because I really love people and it's like an adventure to get to know this new person and start thinking about all these ideas that I have for their business. And I hope that's a good explanation of sort of how that works and how you can kind of think about your business differently. Because when I say values, it's not like, okay, well, I'm a good person. (laughs) It's really kind of digging in deeper so that you can see that things that are important to you in your life are also important to you in your business. And when you operate from that way of this um, continuity, it just gives you a different outlook and different ideas about how to scale from that place. And it it makes sense because a lot of people start businesses with the intent of, I need more time uh, with my family and the business, because it's not built around that value, it's just a business, ends up taking more time away from their family. And then you'll see later in life, they're getting a divorce or something like that because the original reason why they started the business, they didn't hold true to their values, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's another way when I mentioned like staying in your own lane, it's very easy to get sidetracked and to compare yourself to other people, to absorb other people's ideas. And while there's so much information out there, that's very useful, you need to incorporate that into what you already have. And so when you are really clear about, again, your branding, your message and your values, then you can absorb some of that stuff instead of letting it completely throw you off course or feeling like you have to try something different every week or um, even just wasting time doing things that don't feel right for you. Like you hear a lot about, and I think it's kind of calmed down a bit, but I would say, especially maybe a year or two ago, it was all about let's be hands off in our business. Let's let's, uh, automate everything so we can scale like crazy and all this kind of stuff. But now you're kind of seeing people turn around and want to be more hands-on. Well, I know for myself, while I do have a course, it's because I felt like I had something to offer someone at a lower price point, and I want to help and work with as many people as possible. But I love working one-on-one. That's what I love to do. That's what makes me feel good. And so I'm not going to be sidetracked and try to think of different ways that I can scale and work with you know, five times as many people, but not be present as much because that's not what I want to do right now. I love that. I love that. And, and you're right. Everything was exactly how you said, but I think even as I look for one of the things I like about people is when people email me or even inbox me on uh social media, it's always funny not so much now, but like you said, maybe about a year, uh, a year ago, give or take, people would like, actually, is this really Valencia? Um, Because I guess they were just used to a less hands-on approach. And to me, I'm like, who else would it, would it, who else, you know, (laughs) who else would it be? I'm not, you know, um, Oprah or Tony 
or um, Lisa. And so I always, I think that's very interesting that people are getting more hands-on, hopefully, because it, to me, it's like, if I'm spending money with you, honestly, then I'm, I'm invested in who you are because a lot of people offer the same or very similar things to where you could just, you know, okay, I could do this because they offer that. And then it's kind of like a price, um, a price competition situation. But when somebody invests in you kind of like that, no like, and trust factor, like, yeah, I would probably like a little time you know that's just my personal feelings but then my friends say sometimes I could be the needy friend (laughs) but I'm an I'm an Aquarius and I'm a creative so we're our own special kind of uh people and you mentioned you mentioned I love the term that you use creative because a lot of people don't understand that and you also mentioned that you had an arts background you work with the arts or something Yes, I went to um, Memphis College of Art and University of Memphis, and then worked as an art director and a user interface designer. Mm, Love it. I am. um, So what was, what aspect of art, because there's so many different aspects of art, what aspect of art was your, your favorite or had your heart, so to speak? You know, that's, that's actually really funny because I went into college with a double degree in graphic design and photography, mm. but I liked graphic design for the organizational part of it. I liked the problem solving aspect of it, okay. but I never felt, I never felt super passionate about the actual designing. And I thought, well, I think I'll be a really great art director, but maybe not as good of a designer, or I just felt like I had to work really hard for it. But um, photography came easy and I really loved that. So it's kind of funny, like I went into it with a very practical kind of mindset about it. And I'm glad because it led me to where I am today, today, which is um, doing, you know, coaching and strategy. And I a hundred million percent love that. So I'm glad, but I think if I had it to do over again, I would have rather taken a few more risk, I guess, or my fit version of risk and done something that I was more passionate about from the beginning. Yeah, I am. Um, I think I don't want to say most people, but to me, we all have a creative side just in different areas. And if we learn to bring that part into into not just our business but our personal lives and um my my art like I was hands-on with the art so I did a lot of drawing a lot of uh pointillism a lot of different mediums that way and that also translated into writing so I've always been good with with that aspect of it and now because I'm a very visual person when I write or even when I do interviews, like I could see, okay, taking notes. Okay. I know where to go next. I know how to pull the questions out. So I could see where my experiences in art is still very present today. And it it sometimes it amazes me, even my eye, when I look at things, when you have an artist's eye and um, when you create graphics or you do 
whatever, or you get a book cover done or something, your eye is different than people that have yet to explore that side of them. If you know what I mean. Yeah. And I think creativity is just problem solving. I 100% believe that everybody is creative. I mean, mathematicians, they're creative and you might think, well, that's not creative. It's not art, but it's that problem solving. It's that space where you're figuring something out. And that's why I also think that art is great for everyone, whether whether you think you're good at it or not, because it's just about fueling your creativity for something else. So like I, um, especially when I was doing a lot of web design, that's so structured. And so I really needed something that was different than that. And I did a lot of abstract painting. Really? I think I've tried, but I'm um, OCD. So that didn't work well with me trying to do abstract because I'm very, you know, orderly by nature. And I've tried because I love the, the outcome when I, go to museums and trying to figure out what the picture is or whatever. But whenever I've tried to create something abstract, it it like burns my eyebrows. I don't know how, what other way to say it. Like, oh my gosh, this is not going to work. But I, but I love, I love that. I love uh, plays and, you know, the lighting with plays and things like that. Like you, it, to me, when you explore that side and let that side really explore you, it opens you up to knowing who you are in your personal life and in business, which brings me to being in alignment with your business. If you could expand on on that part, when somebody's not in alignment with their business, and you kind of touched on it earlier when you said if you're doing you know, like if you're doing it wrong because it doesn't feel right, which I loved. I totally wrote that down. But let's talk about being in alignment with your business. So you know that you're not in alignment when you are pushing yourself in a way that really doesn't feel good. It feels super hard. It consistently feels hard. So for for example, um, a friend of mine and I just started doing these uh, these Instagram lives every week on Friday. And I was so nervous about it. I felt like that was something that I really needed to do to get more visible, you know, really show up in a different way. And I had to just make myself do it. Oh my gosh, I didn't want to do it. Um, But after a couple of times, it was really easy. And now, believe it or not, I look forward to it. I really do. I look forward to it every Friday. We just get online and talk for like 10 minutes. Um, But if I were to continually feel not good about that. If it was hard every time, then I would know that that was not in alignment with who I was and and how I wanted to do business. So there's a difference between being uncomfortable and things being unnecessarily hard. So if you are, if you are making yourself do something like, let's say you don't love to write, but you're making yourself write these really long posts and it's taking you forever and you just kind of hate it. Yeah. That's not in alignment with who you are. Um, So anytime you have that feeling, you just need to question yourself about, am I just uncomfortable or is this something that, that is, that's really not for me. It can be the kind of clients you're serving. If you are constantly talking to them about one particular thing and you think, I felt like I don't ever want to talk about this again, but you're afraid that (laughs) you won't have any more clients, you know, that something's just not right. It's like your passion's just not there at that 
anymore. And you hear a lot of times about people who have even successful programs, you know, maybe a mastermind or some kind of group or something like that. And they shut it down because they finally just accept the fact that that's not where they are anymore. And it just doesn't feel good. So that's a little bit more detailed about what I mean as far as not feeling good. I know it's a feeling thing, but, but it is. And we've all had a feeling about something like that before. I I felt that way about um, web design and branding. It wasn't like I hated it. It wasn't like, um, like I won't do it because I do, I still take on some of those projects as I'm transitioning my own business, but I know it just wasn't for me anymore. It just wasn't the thing that lit me up. And so when we can get back into alignment, it, things should be easy. It should be easy for you to know like, oh, this is a really great idea in a way that I can reach more people. This is a really great new service that I could offer that I really think will be good for my people. Uh, when you're in alignment, it's, it's a lot easier. So it challenged everybody to really think about that. Is it, is it uncomfortable or is it unnecessarily hard? I love that. I, I love I love that so much. And I wanted to real quick because I, I will do a Facebook live. I do more in my private group. But for some reason, whenever I think about doing Instagram live, I'm like, no, why? <laughs> so is it you've done have you done Facebook Live? I'm sure you have. Let me think. Um I don't think I have actually. Oh, really? No, I don't think I have. I don't, I, I'm really not on Facebook very much. I don't have it on my phone. I, I just don't do Facebook very often. I have a few groups that I get into and chat, but I don't, I don't really do much with my own group or my own page actually. You're um, mainly primarily on Instagram? Primarily on Instagram. Okay. So of course it made sense to have a you know, do the Instagram live. Cause I really want somebody that could tell me the, the difference. And I also think it's with the age group you serve as well and who, who you are. Um, cause I'm not going to guess your age, but I'm in my forties. So, which I'm very proud to say 42. So, um, you know, so Facebook is like that comfortable space for me, which is probably a problem because I'm comfortable there. But that's where the audience that I serve, like I'll peep on Instagram, but when I don't watch Instagram lives, um, you know, Facebook live is like my jam. I can handle it. I know how to maneuver around there. And a a guy friend of mine who's an actor, he's like, he doesn't even have a Facebook page, which I told him he at least needs one because he's all about Instagram. But he said something to me. He was like, well, I don't think I would enjoy it. And if it's something I think I'm not going to enjoy, I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, what? You know? And and it it makes so much sense when he said it. But then me, my business mind kick in. Like, for business, wouldn't you want to be on Facebook too? But everything you said just made what he said right. And I don't, I won't tell him that though I will not tell him that (laughs) you know so you know business is hard work I think people underestimate the work that goes into business because everybody has a side hustle you know and so a lot of times people will say well look at your business as a side hustle and vice versa what is the business what is the business what is the difference between 
business and side hustle to you? And do you think people underestimate a real business? I think the difference is mostly just your own mindset because, I mean, there's a difference between a business and a hobby because a hobby is not something that you make money on. So that's pretty clear. But um, I think the intent is, is about you because if you are, if you're a side hustle, you know, it could, it could still be more of a hobby. Like maybe you're making money on it, but you have no intention. It could be an outlet for you. And that is totally okay. I had an Etsy store for a long time when I was doing all the abstract painting, I had an Etsy store and I didn't think that it was going to be, um, replace my regular income or retire my husband or anything like that, you know, it was mostly just for fun. But so I really think that it's about you and, and what you're going to do because lots of people start their business on the side and they wait until they can replace their income and they quit that job. Um, I know people that have two really successful businesses because one is their full-time job and one is their, what they call their business, but hours wise, or since they have a full-time job, other people may just consider that a side hustle. So I really just think that to you and your mindset on how you view that because that's going to depend on everything that you do, like how serious you are about it, how much time you put into it, how often you share it, how, how much you talk about it. Um, if you have a side hustle that you're intending on replacing your full-time business, then when you meet people, you tell them what you do and you tell them the side hustle do, not the, I'm a teacher do. Mm, I love that clear distinction. I love that. Cause I've thought about setting up an Etsy store. I don't know why, but it just seemed like, you know, something to do. But in my mind, I'm like, Valencia, you don't want to start a whole other business, but that could just be a little project. So thank you for um, clearing that up. I mean, it's, it's, (laughs) it could totally be part of your creative outlet. Like you don't know what that might lead to. So I am fueled by curiosity. So I am willing to, to step in and take a look around pretty much anything. But I'm also very, very grounded in my message of who I am and, and what I'm doing. Um, I do, I've, I do our, I take Arbonne and um, Juice Plus, but, and I tried to sell it. I really wasn't very good at it, <laughs> but, I didn't grow, but I didn't introduce my, I'm not very, not good at it at all. Um, but, but that's not why I got into it. I got into it because I love the products and I wanted a discount, right? Cause people yeah. want discounts and, but, uh, but you know, when I, when I got introduced myself, I was focused on my design business. I wasn't focused on trying to be the next Arbonne MVP or, or whatever they're called. Right. So I really just, I think it's about, about your mindset. So you need to put your energy and your focus into the thing that you want to be known for. Mm, love that. Great clarity. So from your mindset to business strategists and helping other people and we know this whole journey is could be frustrating could be frustrating what kept you motivated along the way my motivation was definitely my family because when I was working in an art director as an art director I was so rushed all the time I felt like every night I just said hurry up, hurry up, hurry up to my little one a thousand times. And I hated it. And I just thought this is life is not supposed to be like this. It's just not supposed to be this way. And I mean, there were times where I thought about going back to a regular job and actually went into a big agency because that had been my dream before was big agencies. 
and went in and talked to them. And the minute I walked in the door and saw everybody at their desk, I physically felt ill. And I thought, <laughs> okay, this is serious. <laughs> this, is, this is the real deal. I'm not just freelancing anymore. I own a business and I'm going to make this happen. And it, that was really a huge turning point for me. I took like mindset. I took myself seriously. I wasn't, it wasn't a, um, in between thing until I yeah. did something else. It was like, Oh no, there's no going back now. This has got to work. There, there is no uh, fallback plan here. Mm. Is that where at that point, is that where you saw the, the shift in your business, so to speak, when you was like going back to this is no longer an option. Is that where you saw the shift in your business? Oh, definitely. I mean, my energy was totally different after that. I was, I was going to figure it out and, and make sure, you know, that just with that little piece in the back of my mind, like, well, I can always go get another job. The level of commitment wasn't there, but not, not in the work, not in the work that I did with my clients, but in myself. Yeah. And that's everything. Mm. You know, if you don't believe that you can do it, nobody else is going to believe it for you. You have just hit, I know like truly class is in session and this is truly the, what people need to look at and listen to the whole interview. Definitely more than once go back and take your notes. Cause this is like that, um, that one class that determines whether you graduate. Okay. That's the only way I could like, <laughs> this is the, the, the graduate level of define you radio. Because I want people to to learn to take their passions and get, like, go hard. Like, know that there is no plan B. And get in alignment. That's my five cents. So <laughs> what what one tip, if nobody catches anything else you said, what one tip would you like to leave the audience with today? My one tip would be that if your business is something that you really want to do, then do whatever it takes to make sure that every day you are showing up and 100% believing that you are the best, whatever it is that you do. Because when it comes to faith, you either believe that you are or you're acting like you don't. And it's up to you to be all in. So if, if it's black, even if it's hard, if you, if it's black and white, then you have to believe that you're 100% the best or you're not. I think that all of us are going to choose to believe that we are. So yes. believe that you are every day and, and show up and be yourself. I love that. I love that. I always say faith makes things possible, not easy, but you still got to have faith. Totally true. You know. How can the audience get in touch with you? Well, you can find me at shannadewitt.com or you can find me on Instagram at shanna underscore do it. And I'd love for you guys to tune into the Be Heard podcast. And if they go to the, your website, they could find that information as well for the yes, podcast? Yes, you can find everything there. And if any of you would like to have some help defining your values, you can go to shannadewitt.com forward slash free call and sign up for a free call with me. Yay. Y'all definitely take advantage of that while she has time. Okay. 
you know she's on to her next adventure (laughs) (laughs) you never know where i'm gonna show up right you you never know so definitely take advantage of that it has been a great interview shanna you know from one southern belle to another you're awesome Okay. Well, thank you. I've loved talking to you and getting to know you and and our Southern accents that we're very proud of. I know. People, look, you guys come to the South. It's a reason we're here. So with that being said, Queens, Pens and Papers Down, class is officially over. Make sure you connect with Miss Shanna at shannaduit.com. Until next time, remember your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition. And what you do with that is up to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Connect with the show at the Define You Facebook. Until next time, remember your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition and what you do with that is up to you.